What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Scotch episode four. What if I talk like a story in the entire episode, Tim? Today we will be discussing the Alpharine. Sounds great because it sounds very fancy as a sip upon this Scotch. We'll be visiting the ancient ruins, making some Tatooine. I think people would end up hating it after like Um, two minutes. The previous civilizations have lived there for a long, long time. It's not British, it's Imperial. World of difference. I, I, I hate it. I hate it too. Okay. I'm glad we're on the greens. We're live on Twitch, Facebook, and Trovo. No, we're not live on Trovo. I just couldn't resist the joke. <laughs> uh, we're live on Twitch and Facebook. You might be watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, wherever the hell you listen to your podcasts. I would kill for an apple pie. You want is it, You want me to get you one for 4th of July or you want me to make you one? Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, be I, have puff, I have puff. said uh, apple podcast, and in my head, you said apple pie. Yeah. And then I thought about apple pie. With a slice of ice cream? Oh, a slice of ice cream, not a scoop. A slice? A slice of ice cream and a scoop slice of apple of ice pie. Cream and a scoop of apple. I feel like you're doing this backwards, Kevin. This is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, uh, to the show. Uh, this hey, is episode nerds. four. If you Macho. use command questions in Twitch, 
and you use the uh, Facebook profile. What do you call that, Tim? The information? The, the, the description? There you go. The description on Facebook. You can click the uh, link and submit your questions for the latter part of the show. But we have a few topics that we want to discuss, including episodes five and six of the Disney Gallery for The Mandalorian, which I have watched. And then next week we'll wrap up Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, uh, which has been a really fun and insightful watch. But we have a few other things we want to talk about, some news, some fun little stuff, some interesting theories that have dropped on the interwebs in the past week. But first, we must thank our sponsor, King's Coast Coffee. Now you don't want to do that? I don't know what I was supposed to do. It's supposed to do the, the jingle, Tim, the King's Coast jingle. There's a jingle? When did we get a jingle? I just made just make it up right now. King's Coast Coffee. It's murder free. Da, da, da. Wayne's gonna kill you for saying that. No, he loves it. Oh yeah, I forgot he flipped the he flipped no, the narrative on into, it. Yeah, he's leaning into he's it. Leaning now. He hard it. into the murder free. Because Lup- yeah. Lupo won't give up on it. Yeah, so he just said fuck it. Lupo so. wants to die on the murder I mean, fr- murder I mean, free hill. It. <laughs> it chat. It's right. Yeah, Lupo wants to die on the, the murder free hill, so Ironic. Here we are. Let's jump right into this evening's festivities. <laughs> the first one. Go these, for it. These are some divisive ones that I could find to piss a lot of you off. So not necessarily yes, that good. Tim and I agree with them, but just just for the sole fact that we would like to piss some of you off tonight. So the first one comes from CinemaBlend.com. Adam Driver had a heartbreak interpreta- heartbreaking interpretation of Kylo Ren's backstory. When Kylo Ren first appeared on screen in Star Wars The Force Awakens, fans weren't quite sure what to expect from the hot-tempered Sith Lord. He is hot. But they would soon be shocked to learn that he was not only a fallen Jedi, but also the son of Rebel Alliance leaders Leia Organa and Han Solo. Ben Solo. Although the tidbits fans did get about the Force user's backstory messed up enough, it turns out Adam Driver had a bit more in mind for his character's tragic history. Uh, well, then. I am the magician scribe Lev Grossman who wrote up Vanity Fair's big preview of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker last year recently opened up about his feelings on the film while he mostly enjoyed the capper to the Skywalker saga he does wish that more of Kylo Ren's backstory would have made the final cut he also revealed that Adam Driver had a lot of ideas about Ren's background uh, he said I think probably the thing that was missing for me was I wanted to see more about Kylo's childhood which I found interesting I thought they would go back to show us more about why he turned to the dark side. Adam Driver had a lot of interesting thoughts about Ben Solo's childhood, but there, uh, then there wasn't really that much of it in the movie, so I just think we have to assume his childhood sucked. This is actually something Adam Driver said. He said that both Han Solo and Leia were way too self-absorbed and into this idea of themselves as heroes to really be attentive parents in the way that a young and tender Kylo Ren really needed. Now let's pause there. I think that's. I mean, he's uh, he's not wrong. I think it's great insight from the person that's reading the script and bringing the character to life. Yeah, and I think he's one hundred percent correct. So, so in the aftermath books, there is a part where Han and Chewie, Chewie, Han and Chewie go to Kashyyyk. Somehow, Chewie going to Kashyyyk came out as Chewie. Chewie go Han and, and Chewie go to Kashyyyk with some other people to free the Wookiees from the empire. And at that point, Leia was pregnant with Ben. Yep. And so this, like this whole thing of like, Ben's trying to do what's, what's good. Or, uh, uh, Han is trying to do what's 
what's best for you know for the republic and he's trying to help his friend out and he wants to help his friend's family and like all this stuff but he like he goes knowing that he could die yep and like leave leia and you know their unborn child so like i get that they definitely want to continue being heroes and leia continues to do that and gives up ben to luke to study as to be a jedi while she's off gallivanting around being a politician again and yeah i i i agree 100 percent. yeah um that's an interesting take yeah, and it's something that's kind of hiding in plain sight when you break it down. It's always been there. You and I, and it's funny because Tim and I were talking about The Last of Us before this, so it's almost that, that that two sides to every story. You and I are such big fans, and you, I'm saying you, chat, not Tim, uh, such big fans of Leia and Han that you look past the shortcomings that could have possibly led to Kylo Ren going down this path. We all like to look at Luke and be like, well, he almost killed him, but did he? And then we argue about that. Uh, there's, I bet you there's sense of abandonment. Yep. You know, like my parents gave me up. You know, did they really want me? Did I make my dad proud? Blah, 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 blah. I and mean, there's a lot of things. Like, you don't know how, like, the whole Knights of Ren came to be. And, like, how he became to, to, to command them. And, um, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of missing gaps in old Ben Kenobi's... Uh, Ben Kenobi and Ben Solo's uh, travels. Also Ben Kenobi's travels too, but apparently we're going to get that in the new Ben Solo uh, or Ben Kenobi uh, show that we can talk about later. And the the comment about is my dad proud almost plays into the idea as well that um, he doesn't, it almost is part of what leads him back to the light through whether it's his own consciousness, whether it's a force ghost, whatever you want to call him. Oh, when him and Han are yeah, going yeah, at it. that yeah. moment, whatever you want to call that, that is uh, the. Hold on, Hunter's here. Do you want to tell everyone your favorite part about Star Wars? Oh boy! Uh, which you gotta talk into the mic. You gotta talk in the mic. Is there a dinosaur? Whichever one you want. Tell them your favorite moment. Uh, my favorite moment in Star Wars is. Um... Who's your favorite character in Star Wars? Okay, Qui-Gon, and my favorite joy is Roger. You, you, you love Roger. You talk about Roger all the time. You have a- Roger's awesome, dude. Roger. Tim said Roger's awesome. All right, you go to Tim, ben. not Ben. He called me Ben. He did call you Ben. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, it's almost part of what plays into the narrative about leading him back to the light, too. So it's almost what was also weakness played into the idea that it also saved him if, sure. if we're digging into his character and really like getting into the nuts and bolts of it is a very interesting way of looking at it um uh the article continues well that's certainly heartbreaking to say the least many star wars fans likely see snoke's manipulation as the major reason for ben's fall to the dark side of the force but one actually the emperor's manipulation yes. but one may not have considered how han and leia's upbringing may have contributed to it as well Comic books and novels have confirmed that the two had busy lives following the events of Return of the Jedi. Understandably so. So it's entirely possible that they may not have had an ample amount of time for their son. Star Wars literature has also illuminated Kylo Ren's history, specifically with the limited comic book series The Rise of Kylo Ren. The series uh, details his training on, under Uncle Luke Skywalker, his early run-ins with Snoke, and his eventual fall. Another comic even shows him and Snoke visiting an iconic Star Wars location during the early days of Ben Solo's training in the Dark Side of the Force. Ooh. 
Kylo Ren's what? journey during the sequel trilogy was one filled with pain and tra tragedy, but it did end with him finding redemption and reclaiming his identity as Ben Solo. It would have been cool to see more of his backstory play out on the big screen, but at the very least, audiences got a sol solid sense of who the broken young man was. Um, yeah, I, I found that very Wait, interesting. so what was this on? This is in the comic book? Yeah, uh, it said, yeah, in the comic book. Oh. I mean, we can we can just get the digital version of the comic book, Tim, and then do do a few episodes on it. Oh, promise? What's what's the Rise of Kylo Ren, right? Oh. Star Wars Rise of Kylo Ren, comic issues. Cool. I have it bookmarked, and you and I will talk about it offline when we can bring that to life. Yes. <sighs> oh, yes. I'm surprised you're not making the other noise that you do. Damn it, wrong one. Oh, yeah? There it is. <laughs> Nailed it. If you do those backwards, that would... Oh, yeah? Oh, man, that just sounds like a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good time gone wrong real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kylo's, Kylo's an interesting character. I feel like because of the hate for the trilogy, he is immediately written off as like this not cool character in the universe but in my opinion he's probably one of the best things that the the newer he trilogy had, gave us he had so much potential to really be a cool bad guy what are your feelings on swallow run i i think ben swallow is is awesome but we should have we should have gotten more skin was he thick enough for you i thought he's pretty thick dude okay multiple c's I thought it was kind of weird. That was definitely. I think like that was the first time we really saw some skin. Yep. In Star Wars. Yep. yep. Um, Not Leia in, in the in the bikini. Oh, slave Leia. Um, but yeah, no, that was interesting. I don't. I don't see the point. I don't understand why it was necessary, but it was interesting. We have an unpopular take. His acting of Kylo Ren was worse than Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker. Oof. Oof. I I don't agree. At all. I think Adam Driver's uh, no. a phenomenal actor. <laughs> I think Hayden Christensen stopped acting for a reason. I think I th I think Kylo's character was supposed to be this new Vader. And I don't think that they could really land that role. But I think that's also that plays into almost his character as a whole. Like is he like he couldn't become Vader. And that was always his frustration. You know, like and I feel like that's kind of everyone's frustration with the character itself is that they expected him to be this like crazy antagonist, like almost the level of like, you know, two Vader's level. When in fact he, that was never him by design. That reminds me of the bounty hunter in the Mandal Mandalorian episode, whether on Tatooine, the really annoying one. Oh yeah, yeah, the pretty boy. Everyone's like, oh, I hate that guy, and I'm like, that's the point. That's how good that guy was at playing his role. Is that we all absolutely despised him because he was probably the most annoying thing we've ever seen in the Star Wars universe, besides mm. Jar Jar Binks. And I'm like, that's good acting. <laughs> Yeah. When, 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 I don't know. And I'm not saying this is how you feel, uh, Hallis. I'm just taking what you said and kind of taking a step further. I'm not saying, you know, this is what you feel. But when you get a, a, a reaction elicited from a character on a screen, it doesn't necessarily have to make you feel good. If it makes you feel bad, that kind of makes it that they did their job well, too, depending on the character. Like Joffrey, mm -hmm. exactly, in Game of Thrones. We all had parties when Joffrey died. Whoa, Spoiler. Wow. <sighs> sorry, Chad. I'm so sorry you had to hear it here. Yeah, first. Ramsey Snow dies. On a Star too. Wars podcast. I'm so sorry. Ramsey Snow dies too. Um, oh, God. <laughs> 
I was making sausages on the grill the other day, and I picked one up and just did the thing to Danielle with the sausage that Ramsey does. <laughs> <laughs> just waved it at her? Yeah, just waved it at her. It's good. It's good. Sausage? Um, <clears throat> Anakin was a better... Uh, yeah, that's what Tim said. Anakin was a character with a better story, but Driver portrayed him pretty well, considering... I mean, I don't think the goal was to set out and give Kylo a better story anyway. I think the goal was to have Kylo completely fall short of Anakin or of uh, Vader while trying to be him. Uh, which, in essence, may have made less of an interesting story than the story of Darth Vader altogether. And I'm okay with saying that. That's acceptable. Um, cool. Moving along, because there's more to talk about tonight. Uh, this one's short, sweet, and comes from GameSpot.com. The newest LEGO Star Wars set includes bonuses for the Skywalker Saga game. What? Sky- so there's another game coming out? I think it's a it's a collection of so all nine Legos, games. But it's a Lego Star Wars game, Yeah, right? it's a collection of all nine games in one coming to all the consoles. Uh, I was never... I can't really get into Lego games. I've tried. I love I've Legos. Never, I, I've always liked watching people play them. I've never really played them myself. Excuse me. Yeah, I can watch another streamer play them because they're cute. They're yeah. funny. I, Hunter loves them, but I can't. It's very difficult for me to sit there and play a Lego game. I play, I've tried a few. I've played two on stream, and I had a good time. I made a, 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 a like a dude named you, Tim. You know my recurring character, Hambone. Yes. Yeah, I made Hambone in Lego DC Villains, and he had two sausages that looked like penises for weapons, and I was just <laughs> slapping everything I could. But yeah, you got to make your own fun in those uh, games. Yeah. Um. So the Lego uh, Star Wars. The Skywalker Saga releases this October on all consoles. Lego has announced a neat new way to merge physical Lego with the video game worlds created by TT Games. Select new Lego Skywalker Saga sets will include codes to unlock additional figures in the upcoming game. You can check out the coolest upcoming Lego Star Wars kits below, which I can show you. Uh, there's some, they're cute. It, it, it's, it's funny because they almost look more Lego-y than Legos, if that makes sense. Here, I'll show you. Sorry, audio people. We don't like you right now. Sorry, audio people. Uh, there's the Millennium Falcon. There's a little A-Wing. There's a TIE Fighter, Sith Trooper. They're cute. They're cute. X-Wing. They're cute. You won't see me doing a playthrough. Sorry. Tim is going to dedicate three weeks to full Skywalker Saga Lego. Pass. Big pass. Also, Lego Tarkov when it comes out in December, Tim's gonna be all. Oh, that'd all be dope. It. Honestly, you'd play super Lego cool. Tarkov. That'd be super cool. <laughs> you have to build things to save yourself after you collect parts. Yeah, it's really funny when you get team killed by your friends. Uh, the new Lego Star Wars set also comes with an advent calendar with twelve mini builds, six mini figures, and a fold-out playmat. <laughs> the three hundred eleven piece set includes Christmas-themed outfits such as Darth Vader in a sweater and Dio wearing a holiday hat. You can also build small vehicles such as Anakin's Pod Racer and a Republic Cruiser. It comes with a code to unlock content in the game as well. Nice. Cute. Cute. Let's talk about the gallery before we go on to the other stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I watched the practical episode, which was basically how they brought um, Kuil and Baby Yoda to life. Little Kevin. Little Kev Kev Bud Bud. Uh, and then I watched the visualiz- visualization episode where they basically showed you how they do the, what they call the previs. Uh, in the epic engine and make the entire show and then they can film it um and going to the practical episode jumping straight in one of the things that rick said that i found so cool 
was when John was explaining how they make it in the previs and then they can literally go into the room that they're going to film it, get in VR, into the scene, set up the cameras to get the shots that they want while they're in VR and yep. then act it out after the fact with the exact... Isn't that cool? It's wild! So apparently that is unheard of. Um, so for them to do previs for literally everything is absolutely insane. And they said they're doing it for the entire second season. Like the whole show will be previs before it's filmed. Yep. And so for them to do a previs, and I think they do the previs so that because of the how small of a window they have to film all this stuff, that them being able to previs, they know exactly what they're looking at. They can watch it over and over and over again. So they know exactly the shots to hit on the takes and like all this stuff. Like they show off the one um the one fight scene that he has inside the the prison frigate. Yep. And he's like fighting all of the robots. Like that was previs, and that was a, that was one take. Yeah. Like they they went out and they choreographed and they recorded that all in one go, and then it got fed into previs. And like all the technology they showed off and what they were able to do and pull off was just absolutely just mind blowing. Yeah, and but yeah, uh, Deborah was even saying you know because it's a TV show, it has different timelines than a movie. Right. So uh, the bounty hunters versus the Mandalorian scene. She said normally it could take two weeks to film that if it's for a movie, but she said they only had three days, and they went through 7,000 rounds of the dummy ammunition and whatnot in three days to get all the explosions, the shots, everything. It was wild. It's just crazy, Uh, and I don't know which episode it was. I think it might It doesn't matter. We're talking about both, but uh, when they were talking about the prop people and the one guy who was like when we talked about blasters and we went back to look at what they had done with the original trilogy they had rented world war ii era weapons and slightly modified them because they were rentals so they couldn't fully modify them couldn't right yeah and then he you know he's like so we tried to build on that and take these weapons and and turn them into similar i I always i always wondered why star wars guns always kept the world war ii look yep because you can tell like there's a lot of guns that just that that, that, like you know, one's a Luger or one's an MG42 or, you know, like all these things. And then after hearing that, I'm like, oh, that's why they still look like a World War II weapon is because they rented it. They couldn't modify it completely. And so they kept a lot of the normal stuff on it, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, they did. They did run out of ammo because there's limits on how much you can buy and, and use in, in, a, in a shoot in a day uh, in California. So one thing that I find so interesting about this show is they use, my wife is a designer. She does interior design and architecture and they use so many of the same terms that she uses in her work. Oh really? Because it's just, you know, if you, if you think about what they're doing and what she does for work, she just creates a, a, an environment, a home. And you know, she works on Tim's office behind you. Sure. So, uh, that's kind of what she does. But for them, it's creating a world that we will see come to life. And it's just interesting because they're artists, they're nerds, they're, they're, the passion bleeding out of these people making this is, is nuts. There's a reason Mandalorian is so well-received and so loved. Yeah. Because of, of what we see behind the scenes and the people yeah, that made just, it. It's insane. It's a massive passion project. Yeah. Wait till you get to the final episode. The Connections one? Uh, the final episode's really cool. Um, they show off uh, them getting the 501st to come. Yep, yep. And that's really neat. Yeah, I have the score is the next one I have to watch on the connections. Um, 
seeing how they brought Kuil and the and the child to life too. Yeah, isn't that neat? All the puppeteering and stuff that had to go into it. The iterations of I didn't realize Kuil's face had that many people controlling it. It was two, right? For the, or three? It was two people. It was well. It was the actor that was actually it was actually the person who was the body actor, um, or Kuil, which is like a smaller woman. Um, she's actually apparently like super famous for like what she does. Um, like she is a, like, she's apparently like top of her league when it comes to being like an actor that does no like actual like lines, but she does all the body movements and stuff for Kuil. And then you got someone who controls the facial movement. And then you have someone who like just controls the eyes and it's just insane. The amount of just the amount of people it takes to puppeteer stuff like, like the child as well. Like the child took like, what it was like two or three people to three. control three, three people. So you had like. One person that was controlling, like, the facial expressions. One person that was actually, like, holding the puppet and, like, moving it. And then there was, they did um, the ears. I think the ears itself, like, had its own. Or, like, it was, like, eyebrows and ears or eyes and, and mouth. Like, it's it's crazy. And they're, they're controlling these massive RC controllers. It uh, It's amazing too how many iterations the child went through before they finalized. Oh, my God. Like, seeing, like, all of the different, yeah, like, how they, they went very Yoda heavy, and then they kind of, like, went Yoda light, and then, like, they kind of, like, found this, like, happy, like, medium. Uh, John was, like, like, some of the concepts they were doing. Some were too cute. Some were too ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, and that was just a drawing phase, and then when they made the puppet, it was the same thing. They went through a ton of iterations of that as well. Um, and then how everyone's picking the the puppet up and like carrying it around set and being like, "How are you today?" <laughs> it was like there was a little baby that they were working with on set. It was hilarious. Um, chat, don't be upset at what I'm about to say, but if I told you that there might have been members of the 501st walking the floor patrolling at GCX this year, would that make? Oh you crap! I forgot about that. Sad and happy. Uh. I can confidently say that, you know, they might be there next year too. But there might have been. We never know. <laughs> patrolling the floor at GCX this year. Just saying. Um. Yeah, it's it, uh, the Razor Crest too. How John was saying, uh, him and Cameron Del Toro said something like, "If you make a model of it, it's going to end up in your house." Yeah, and they were like, "What if we just made a model size <laughs> Razor Crest? What if we used it?" Well, they talked about their budget a lot and how they were like they were already like pushed for budget, but they wanted to try. So you you also when you get to the end, they talk a lot about paying homage to like how things were done, and they tried to really like keep true to that, like stop motion animation. Like, right? They actually use stop motion animation in the Mandalorian, which is weird because like stop motion animation is just something you don't see anymore. Like that was something really, really big back in the, like in the early day, like seventies and eighties and nineties. Like now there's no point. It's all CGI. What's the point of doing stop motion animation? Because it's literally, you move a thing, you take a shot, you move it, you take a shot. And so you do that and to create motion. And so like for them to take the time to do that, to keep that star Wars look was really, really cool. One thing in the practical episode, and this is something I've said before and knew, and you know, you'll agree. And this is something that J.J. Abrams said from before he started um, the sequel trilogy, is something that has always made Star Wars special. Tim and I have talked about it on on some of the spoiler cast Mandalorian episodes. What's special about Star Wars is the lack of CGI versus you know putting on a costume, puppets, um, actual physical representation of what is taking place in the world. 
obviously aided now, thank you, Hells, by CGI and other methods of mixing the two. But that's what makes Star Wars come alive, is that when you walk yep. into a cantina in any you know medium that is live action, most of that is not computer generated. And that was something that the prequel trilogy, trilogy went way too hard on, in my opinion, was computer animation and things like that. It's the same thing that happened with Lord of the Rings versus The Hobbit. You know, The Hobbit, instead of getting thousands of actors to play Urukai, they went and CGI'd most of them. Um, and that's why it looks chintzy compared to, you know, these crazy battle scenes for Helm's Deep and, and that. But it's it's the difference, too, between A New Hope and Attack of the Clones. Yep. It's live action. And that, that episode of the gallery kind of brought that to light, like... That's something that's very special to the creation of, of Star Wars. Um, and I feel like Dave Filoni is one of those guys that is very protective of that. That there can't, you know, we, we can't go overboard with the computer animation. There always has to be, you know. Yes. Even with the bounty hunter scene, Deborah Chow was saying how many people they had on set to be bounty hunters and Mandalorians was like, what was it, 50 or something or 40? Uh, they originally asked for 30, uh, so they originally got 30, and that was not enough. And so then they, because they, they only had 30 costumes. Like, they only had, like, 30 actual full sets of Stormtrooper gear. And so Dave was, got inducted into the 501st at some point, and so he actually just, like, he put feelers out to local chapters, and they didn't tell him what it was for. I don't want to ruin it for you, but like that. So that's how no, that you, happened. You, you, yeah, I I already kind of know that story from oh, talking. Okay, to, yeah, so from that talking to our buds happened. that are in five hundred first, and, and so those people didn't know where they were going. They they figured it was just for some Lucas things. They they a lot of those guys have done Lucas art stuff in the past. Like they get brought out for premieres for movies or for like when uh, like when the the new area in Disneyland got opened up like so any anything that's like officially Lucas the 501st gets reached out to and they get hired to come out and do stuff yeah and so that was that was their thing is like so then they show up on on the lot and they had no idea what they're doing they walk on stage and they're just like oh shit we're in Star Wars like and that's really special for them because like now their armor is in show worn yeah which makes their armor really really special yep interesting 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 it is very interesting. Coming. That was my takeaway from the galleries, uh, the two episodes I watched. We'll wrap it up next week with score and connections, which I'm excited for. And then maybe we'll move on to, I don't know, the Kylo Ren comic book or something else. Tim and I will chat and see what we want to do uh, and where we want to go with that. Before we get to the, the, the almost happened, let's go to the rumor mill. Uh, this comes from cosmicbook.news. This could be complete bullshit, but I really just wanted to set some of you off. Disney resetting Star Wars, Star Wars erasing Last Jedi. A new rumor has hit the net offering that some sort of Disney Star Wars reset is in the works that will see Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Skywalker basically erased. The rumor comes uh, from the future ruler of Earth. The new, I can't read that word, Overlord DVD YouTube channel, who recently offered that a Star Wars Civil War is happening at Lucasfilm between Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau. Oh, no. Uh, he also provided those St- Skywalker spoilers <laughs> and prior to Marvel Studios announcing a new director and writing team on the Captain Marvel sequel said there will be all kinds of problems at Marvel with Brie Larson and Captain, Captain Marvel. Uh, Kevin Feige is now going... Getting back to the rumor, um, 
the Star Wars franchise, which involves the Abrams and Rian Johnson trilogy, getting nullified. Uh, it claims that Disney's Star Wars trilogy will be erased using a concept that was recently made canon in the Rebels animated series. In oh, go on. Season 4, Episode 13, installment titled A World Between Worlds, which we've seen, hopefully, you have. Uh, I was freaking out and texting Tim during that whole episode. The concept of the Veil of the Force was introduced. A mystical dimension of the Force that connects all time and space. I received confirmation from two additional sources claiming that it is spot on, that indeed Lucasfilm realizes that they have a massive problem on their hands, that the Star Wars franchise is all but dead. <laughs> and despite Kathleen Kennedy's hatred of this idea, Lucasfilm is preparing to render the sequel trilogy null and void. <laughs> it's said that the events from The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Skywalker will be removed from canon, isolated in their own alternate timeline, and regarded as an Elseworlds-like installment under the label of Star Wars Legends. Uh, Doom is oh. explaining... Uh, what Doom is explaining is the Star Wars multiverse will be created, which will isolate the Disney Star Wars trilogy as part of the separate universe that is not part of George Lucas's original Star Wars films. Uh, Doom continues by noting the details can't be verified, but says there may be proof it's happening in the rise of Skywalker. It's further noted that the plans are not set in place, as again, Kathleen Kennedy is said to hate the idea and is said to be doing everything she can to crush it, as if the plan comes to pass, everything that Kathleen Kennedy did with the sequel trilogy will be destroyed, tossed out, and declared obsolete. What the hell? <clears throat> do, you want, do you want the details on how it would happen? Sure, why not? Regarding how they are going to undo the Star Wars sequels, it involves the Emperor. Emperor Palpatine had a room on the second Death Star called the Room of Mirrors. The mirrors were created by the Emperor prior to the Death Star through the dark side using ancient Sith rituals. These mirrors linked to the Veil of the Force served many purposes. Using them, Palpatine could manipulate the Force in many ways to further his aims. For example, the use of mirrors allowed Palpatine to cloud the Jedi Council to conceal himself and his dark apprentices from the Jedi and from Force sensitives that followed their fall. Using the mirrors allowed Palpatine to access the awesome powers of the Veil of the Force. They were indispensable tools that allowed him to rise to the pinnacle of ultimate power. It is this conceit that explains how Palpatine survived Darth Vader throwing him down the shaft in the throne room of the Death Star. In desperation, as he fell, Palpatine opened a portal to the Veil of the Force and entered it. This explains why Palpatine is in such a damaged state in Rise of Skywalker as transporting himself into the Veil without the aid of the mirrors drained him and damaged him severely. Doom goes on to explain that the Emperor created a second set of mirrors on Exegol that allowed him to escape where he plotted the rise of the Empire. Regarding how things will be set, reset, it's explained that all one has to do is go into the Veil of Mirrors and wait for Palpatine to enter, as the Veil is a mystical dimension where in all times collide, which will cause the Disney Star Wars trilogy to consign to its own alternate timeline forever as Palpatine enters the Veil and never gets back to Exegol. The Emperor is prevented from using the mirrors to return as he dies as he was intended in Return of the Jedi, and Bob's your uncle, all our problems are solved. So since the Emperor never survives, that means the events from The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Skywalker never come to pass in the George Lucas timeline. No Disney sequel trilogy. Uh, Han doesn't walk stupidly into a lightsaber. Leia doesn't fly like Mary Poppins through space. Luke has nothing to run away from and consumes no green milk. And I am informed there will be no amazing Wonder Ray as she was born after the Emperor's death. Says Doom, who notes the particulars are still getting worked on, but that plan will retcon the sequel trilogy out of our misery and restore freedom to... I'm reading the text. George Lucas' oh galaxy. God. Uh, Doom offers proof that this may be happening. A scene that was included in Rise of Skywalker, 
Skywalker, which featured Rey confronting her dark side self where mirrors can be seen in the background. It's said it's unknown if Abrams knew what the scene was about, but it demonstrates the plausibility of the rumor. The scene features broken mirrors where one mirror is still intact with the dark side Rey um, that the dark side Rey emerges from. Well, my friends, this is your glimpse into the veil of the force, explains Doom. Literally anything is possible here as branching alternate realities converge and diverge in that mystical dimension. What is glimpsed in those mirrors is an alternate version of Rey lurking within the veil and alternate version are alternate versions of Palpatine, alternate versions of Luke, alternate versions of Han. Somewhere in the multiverse may even lie a version of the Disney sequels that didn't suck and didn't outrage and alienate a huge section of the Star Wars fandom. But for now, the best we can hope for is using the veil of the force to obliterate the Disney sequels, banishing them to their own little funhouse mirror in the vast hall of mirrors <sighs> multiverse to be forgotten as the substandard garbage they are. Holy crap. That guy hates the Disney sequels. He hates them, Kevin. And literally, like, one... It's amazing, like, when you really think about it. One event can literally change the outcome of that entire trilogy. Here's my two cents about it. That's nuts. It's very plausible what he said. Like, there's nothing off about it, honestly. Sure, no, not really. The most Star Wars thing to do and the most George Lucas thing to do would be to retcon it. And be like, yeah, I wasn't happy with it. Let's just put that in Legends and we'll start a new timeline. Do I think Disney would go through with it? No, because it would make them look no, bad. Because, well, yeah, because but then also everything that they've, they have developed. So all of the Star Wars land, like the rides, all of the merchandise, like all that stuff. There's no way they could pull that off. They but, would have to completely redo everything. But comics, books. Things like that could talk about alternate timelines where the Emperor dies and things like that. The stuff that is designed for hardcore fans is not the mainstream media stuff. Like you said, the books, the comics, like the the freaking the the cipher that you find in the gift shop at Disney. That's the only way that you could decipher the freaking dagger in episode nine like that. That's the stuff for hardcore fans. You'd freaking ruin my... Well, actually, I wouldn't ruin my Exegala's Starforge theory. Everyone need a breath? I... That was a hell of a rundown, though. I really enjoyed that. Right? It was. A, uh, that's why I read it. I was like, man, this is going to piss some people off, make some people really happy, and this is a fun ride. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Chad. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. You want to do a poll and see if uh, if Paul's here, he can do a poll and see if you would like that to happen or not. You both need sure. a sip? I've taken two sips. I've already finished my drink. Do you need to get more? That's fine. Okay. Um, you can't get up and leave in the middle of a show. Yeah, you can. That's what we do. It's, it's streamers. You just leave when you got to go to the bathroom or something. There he goes. He's gone. While Tim is gone getting his drink... I would like to remind you that this portion of the show is brought to you by King's Coast Coffee. It is it murder free? No, I think, see, I think that theory would be fun in a book and to uh, further explain the whole veil of the force. Um, for those that didn't see the episode of Rebels, I think you should, you should watch all of Rebels. It's a great addition to um, the Star Wars franchise. Uh, but that especially, especially in the earlier and in the later seasons, they really start to explore the mysteries of the Force. 
and that is one of the larger reveals um you know without giving the whole thing away there's it's very very significant storytelling takes place uh when they're in the the that area with the veil of the force and the mirrors and there's very significant characters in there with Ezra uh during that part so god that was good such a good episode i was freaking remember I, was, I was texting you freaking out what does it mean? What does it mean? And that without giving away the character, this is Star Wars podcast. I can talk about it. Uh, yeah, I can talk about it. The the Emperor changing in that scene is just uncomfortable. Oh, so good, dude. He's so all good. buddy buddy. You know, I'm Emperor Palpatine, and then he goes straight Sidious. Does the fucking fire and spinning of death? Give me the Eternal Emperor. I don't want it. I mean, there's the other theory, and we can talk about that on another show. But there's a theory that, um. Something that Palpatine says in um, The Rise of Skywalker lends credence to the fact that either he absorbed the power of the Eternal Emperor or that the Eternal Emperor was him at one point or somehow they merged. There is a line that he says that that lends to that theory. But the Eternal Emperor also at the moment isn't canon. Uh, I also have a hard time thinking that Disney won't want to cash in on that when they get to the... uh, the old Republic stuff, which with no celebration seems to have slid no that. celebration for two years, Kevin. I mean, I do think they're going to make one off announcements like they did when they announced uh, the the uh, the new book series and whatnot. So. Right. We don't get we don't get celebration this year or next year, right? 2022. 2022. Yeah, 2022. Oh, that sucks. I'll be so old by then. Yeah, I'll be 32. What if I don't even like video games and Star Wars then, Chad? What if I just don't like you? That's a that's a that is a distinct possibility. <laughs> like I'm I'm shocked my wife has liked me this long. <laughs> Maybe it's because we like pay bills and stuff together. I don't know. Um, True. Might save this article. Yeah, let's see. Let's answer some questions and see. I might save this article for next week because the the last one seems to put everyone on edge. Remember, Chad, if you want to drop some questions in for me and Tim to answer, if you're on Twitch, you can use the questions command. Uh, And if you are on Facebook, you can look at the pinned comment. Either way, pop them in there. We got a few that we can talk about. If you're listening after the fact, you got to be here for the live show to uh, be a part of that. So Sorry, all you people who listen to us in the car. Get on your uh, Anonymous asks, will they ever do a show about the Knights of Ren? Also, will they ever do an in-depth look that look at Exegol? Two-part question. Tim, you take the Knights of Ren part. I'll take the Exegol part. I don't think we'll ever see anything about the Knights of Ren. They were a bunch of bitches. Nobody cares. We did when we saw them like, at first, but we don't anymore. Yeah, the first, like, the first time we hear about when, like, when, when we're hearing about Kylo being the leader of the Knights of Ren, like it all sounded really badass. Like there was like this talk about like how the Knights of Ren were formed after the the fall of the Empire, and how Kylo like quickly moves up the ranks and becomes their leader. Like it sounds like super dope, right? And then we see them in Episode Nine, and we realize that they're just they're not cool. There's nothing neat about them. Um, so I don't think we'll ever see anything like show wise. I don't think we'll get an own, our own dedicated show to the Knights of Ren. Will they show up in, in like a comic book? Will they show up in like more like literature? Sure. But we're not going to see a book or a movie. I, but I definitely think we'll see them in a, in a book or in a comic book. In-depth look at Exegol. Follow me here. Chat. <laughs>
Now, if you've never played Knights of the Old Republic, you're going to have an, no clue what I'm talking about. Not the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. The first one. The 20-something-year-old game. KOTOR. KOTOR. The Revan one. If you played Knights of the Old Republic, I have a theory, and so does the internet. And I was whispering my theory to Tim in the theater when we were watching the movie... Because that's how sure. strongly I feel about this. While my pants were covered in beer, he that was, was Corey's fault, not mine. You were like literally in my lap doing a doing a one of these because Corey spilled his beer all over you. I believe it was on purpose, but we won't make any accusations. Uh, <laughs> if he wanted you to leave, he could have just asked him. <laughs> <laughs> he was felt so bad. I. I've never heard okay. him apologize keep, like that. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep milking that for a bit. You should. You should. I Sam really held should. the death in uh, what were they playing? Daisy over his head for three years before he let him go at at, at GC17 uh, from that. Um, so Exegol, I believe, is the Starforge from the Old Republic. So for eventually, Revan is canon as a character. We don't know anything about his canon story, but we know he's a canon character, which lends me. Which lends to the idea that part of his story will exist. The part of his story that I think will exist will be Malik, will be the Starforge. And I think that the Starforge is Exegol and vice versa. I think it was something that they're, whatever they want to call it, whether it's the Zepho or the Rakata or whatever. Or they could just say the ancient Sith built it. And it, it was the reason that um, Palpatine had this armada by the end of Rise of Skywalker because how could you amass something that large that quickly uh, unless you had something like the Starforge. I said Skyforge. I meant Starforge. So that is my two cents on Exegol. When we explore Old Republic and probably some other content, even in um, High Republic and whatnot, I'm sure that we can take place. Well, they, they referenced specifically the outer rim a few times when they were talking about where the stories will take place and whatnot. So this is beyond the outer rim. So who knows? Maybe star Wars likes connecting it's, things and, and it, you know, the star forge is the only way to explain how Alpatine was able to amass such a massive armada without using any massive amounts of materials from planets. Did remember when the, when the empire was forming, in the beginning, in the fall of the of of the of the uh, at, at the fall of the Jedi and everything going on in Episode Three and the Emperor coming to, to full power and the Empire actually becoming a thing, and the Republic falls. The planets around, like in the mid rim and outer rim, were being harvested for materials, like to the point of they were just desolate, dead, just chunks of rock. And so there's no way that the Emperor could have gotten away with that without anyone noticing. But also the point, the the uh, the First Order was able to create uh, the uh, the Death Star again, not, not the Death Star. What, what, uh, it's, it's the Death Star, uh, Star Killer Base. They really make Star Killer Base without anybody noticing. So like, I don't know how much of that is like can I can really use as an argument, but still. They made a lot of Star Destroyers without anybody noticing, but the Star Forge is the only thing that would really make sense for them to be able to get away with that. So, Yeah, on that scale and that, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, literally in the middle of nowhere, and he had nothing other than just, like, this thing. Like, that's the only, that's the only way that I could wrap my head around him being able to amass such a massive amount of Star Destroyers in really a short amount of time. 
Anonymous wants to know, was Finn a uh, completely arbitrary character to the arc of the last three movies? Tim? Finn? Yeah, my dog. No. Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how he would be considered arbitrary. Um, I mean, I feel like he was kind of like the Han Solo. I get Han vibes from him. He was very like, important I, in the first movie, and he became kind of, I don't want to say less important, but his role was diminished he, over you the know, course of No, it was definitely the, diminished, but I feel like he was supposed to be like the Han Solo of the group. You know, he was kind of supposed to be like this, like, uh, kind of bad guy, but you kind of, like, grow to love him, and he's really trying to, like, redeem himself because he knows that he was doing bad the whole time. I blame uh, that on two directors across three movies, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, like, it was the same idea with Rose. Like, I feel like Rose should have been given a better chance. And I feel like that was just bad directing and it was just bad story writing. Like, I think she could have been cool. Uh, I don't dislike Rose as a character or anything like that. I dislike what they did with Rose. Right. It was so pointless and, and dumb. Rose as yep. a character and actress has nothing to do with that. No. Um, the way they utilized her and Finn was just terrible. Uh, and there's no two ways about that. Like, you can't tell me otherwise, and I don't really know anyone that would argue that with me. Um, yeah, I feel like Finn was to Ray as to Han was to Luke. That same, like, buddy-buddy, like, we're going to do this together. Like, it's always going to be you and me, pal. Weirwood asked, do you think we'll ever see lightsaber fights as good as Clone Wars and Rebels in live action? While the new Clone Wars ones were mo-capped. Uh, but, I, but I think that's the thing, is, like, you're able to do some really dope stuff in mocap. And put that in engine. I don't know if we'll ever see like live action fights to that level, um, especially if 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 you use the the latest trilogy as an example of what they do with lightsaber fights in live action. Oh, anonymous so, anonymous asked. Just started watching Clone Wars and found it odd that I'm in the second season and Padme's uncle dies, but in the third season he's back. Why is that? Because Clone Wars is not in order. Clone Wars, unfortunately, <laughs> if you I go to the, didn't even, I didn't even catch that. If you go to the Star Wars website, uh, there is a way to watch Clone Wars in chronological order, which me and my son and my daughter are doing right now. Um, so basically, it reforms everything. Like the first episode of Clone Wars is technically the fourth because there's two I episodes that this. take place before it, and then the movie, and then the first episode. Uh, yeah, it, I never. I have yet to watch the movie. Um, so I'll send you the link, Tim, because it's yeah. it makes way more sense in order, and it cuts out filler episodes too. It, oh man, there's a lot of fillers, especially some with with, with Jar Jar. Ugh, oh yeah, Misa no like. Uh, Anonymous wants to know if Jar Jar is a Sith Lord, Tim. Carlos wants to know, any news for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2? They left a lot of room for a second part. The answer is yes, and it's a trilogy. There Jack is. wants to know, does Jin Jarin have a connection to the Force, or is his draw to, uh, who's B-Y? Baby? Baby Yoda? Uh, the child. Kevin. Uh, purely Din, virtuous. Yeah, Din is not Force-sensitive at all. Not at all. Uh... Do you guys know where in the Star Wars timeline Star Wars Squadrons takes place? Right after Episode Six, right? It's in between six and seven. Yeah, it's the formation it's, of the it's during the new formation Republic. of the of the New Republic, and they're building up their fighters, like their their pilots, to be a part of all of that. Anonymous Sass, any chance you'll have any guests ever? Sam Witwer is a Twitch streamer. 
I would love to have Sam Witwer on. I was hanging out in his I channel mean, last night. As much as I would love for that, I don't know if he'd actually come do it. But we do have some guests lined up, Kevin. Next week, right? I believe. Paul, if you're in chat, confirm this either next week or the week after. But just rare drop Twitter and Facebook. Uh, my name is Bife will be joining us to talk about Star Wars. That's going to be sick. Uh, and towards the end of the month, uh, Blessius will be joining us to talk about Star Wars. So the answer to guests is yes! Si. Si, senor. Or senorita. Alex asks, with the fighter game that you talked about last week, what do you think about the mechanics from the Ace Combat games? You can use a flight stick in VR. So I feel like the immersion level of this game is going to be pretty high, Tim. Yeah, from what they've talked about, from what you can see, like like what you can do in the game, what you saw in the trailer, like there's all kinds of stuff, like being able to divert power from engines to shields and weapons to, to, to engines and like all this stuff. And like the maneuverability, like one of the devs is talking about them being able to like in in mid flight, being able to flip around uh, and like do like this weird barrel roll around a target and come up behind. And like it seems like it really comes down to your imagination of what you're able to pull off. Um, like I'm not fully, uh, versed in the physics of, uh, of deep space combat, but, uh, I'm very, very excited to see like what you can pull off in this game. To a barrel roll. Where would ask, do you think Cal Kestis shows up in the Kenobi show? I don't know if their paths would I cross. I don't know why they would end up crossing paths. The other... Cal Kestis question I had was why is his voice not at the end of Rise of Skywalker too? Uh, because he didn't come into the fr- I think that game was in development when the Filming? movie was over. Like the movie in and of itself was pretty much done, and so like I would assume like that's why. Uh, Anonymous asks, where the hell did Maul go at the end of Clone Wars? Death. He went, he went to Dathomir. Dathomir. Uh, and he was also... So at the end of Clone Wars, he goes off to Dathomir, and then he then goes around the the Outer Rim building up his crime syndicate. Yeah, Anonymous. Watch Rebels. Yeah, You'll watch, get a nice watch, little... Watch Rebels. Also watch Solo. Solo explains what happens. Will they ever let Favreau and Filoni make a good movie? Let's let them make the good TV show, and then, then yeah. we, can, we can worry about the movie. <laughs> Let's not overload them. What scotch we sipping on today, boys? I'm still killing this Macallan 12, which I let Tim have some of uh, oh last God, week. The Macallan 12 was that is dangerous. I'm man. sorry, 15. I have I have a whole bottle of 12. This oh, is I have the 12. Um, I was drinking on uh, Cooper's Mark. I gotta try that. It's, it's not bad. It's good. <clears throat> that's it. What else you got, Kevin? Oh, that's it. Sick. Perfect. You got nothing else, chat. Right? Nothing? Well, either way, Tim is going to tell you how this episode is brought to you by King's Coast once again. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't even remember what my jingle was. Uh, King's Coast Coffee. It's murder-free. That was good, right? I, uh, I nailed it. Chad, thank you so much for joining us. He's Darkness429 on Facebook. And everywhere else, we're jumping to light speed. I'm Kevin X Vision on Twitter, KMagic101 on Twitch, and everywhere else. We are Rare Drop and Rare Drop Co. on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can go to raredrop.co and discover everything that we're working on. Podcasts, shows, you name it. We got it. Thank you so much for once again for another successful fundraising season of GCX. 
Uh, and that's it. We'll be back next week, I believe, is with Bife. But uh, check socials to make sure of that. Paul didn't give me the final on that one, but I believe it's the sixth. So that would be it. You guys have a good one. May the force be with you. And everyone go tell Blessius who we're about to raid. We'll see you in a few weeks. Have a good one. Bye. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.